Hello everybody, Ricardo Rosales here with the truth behind success and uh, I am fired up this morning, just um, got done exercising and man I had a great workout, uh, it was short, it was actually about 25 to 30 minutes but I uh, I gave it all I could so um, you know I, I'm pumped up and I'm fired up and uh, I'm ready to go conquer the day. Actually, I was going to say getting ready, but I'm ready to go conquer the day and um, own it, basically. And for that, you need to go set goals. And uh, today, I want to I wanna talk a little bit about setting goals and, and creating your roadmap for success. And uh, basically, you know, since I'm, you know, since I know I have some sort of uh, knowledge about where I want to get, I just set goals and and I'll give you an example in uh, August 2015 I got laid off from from a job I had a great job I had uh, I actually I'm not a corporate America hater um, I believe that everybody should have a job at some point or another to understand whether they're cut out for the corporate world or or they're cut out for being an entrepreneur and you know I've been through all the different aspects I basically when I was very young I worked for my dad all the way until I was around 20, then I became an entrepreneur, that didn't work out, then I joined the Navy, so you go from complete freedom and owning your time into now having people make decisions for you and tell you when to eat, when to jump, when to sleep, the whole nine yards, right? But I went through that, I, I was there for four years, uh, I learned a ton, um, I grew up character, I became a, a man, um, you know, I started making decisions and taking actions and taking ownership of my life. And I started to know really what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And I think um, the first goal I said was, you know, pretty much when I graduated high school, um, that like, like I said, on my previous podcast, I was, I was a horrible student and I was just flunking everything on my last year. But then my dad made a bet to me and I won. And and basically, I set as a goal that I needed to graduate and I needed to get over to the next level. So that was, I guess, my first accomplishment when it when it came to goals. Then you know, um, when I when I became a, a U.S. sailor uh, or a Navy sailor, I would say, you know, the first goal was to graduate boot camp, and and I, I you know I put it there, I wrote it down, I make sure that I follow all the instructions. And I did. I graduated boot camp. Then I went to sea school where I studied how to be a, a diesel mechanic. And um, that was another goal, you know. And, and so I've been accomplishing goals one after the other one, one after the other one. And, and it's not always been straightforward or easy, I would say. Whoever tells you it's easy, they're full of it, um, you know. But it's not, you know, it's not impossible either. So don't don't get it wrapped around your head that oh this is so hard you know I, I don't want you to get defeated in the mind game before you actually get to execute um, but don't think it's easy just expect that you're gonna have different obstacles you're gonna have different things that you need to uh, adapt and adjust and uh, you know just make sure you set those goals and you stay the course and if you can't achieve them for whatever reason then reset your goals and go set other ones that you can that maybe you can go and accomplish but then when I was like two years into the Navy, even though I really liked what I did, um, I love being a diesel mechanic. I learned a ton. I was in some pretty odd situations where I had to take action in charge and, you know, basically, you know, become a, a man 
um, when it came to execution, the, the execution of the work, um, there were some things I didn't align with the, the way the military is, or maybe it wasn't so much about the military, but maybe my chain of command or my command, the way it worked. Um, and, you know, that's when I realized that I didn't have the power to control my destiny, even if I did the right thing. And I don't want to get too much into details on, on what I mean by that. Um, but in a, in a nutshell, someone else was actually determining whether I was the number one or the number two person on, you know, for my evaluations. And even if I did the best to become the number one, I wasn't going to get it just because it, it wasn't so much about preference over the other person or not. It was more about their his own beliefs on how we should all grow as a team, right? And that's when I realized, you know what, if this is happening on my first command, um, where I'm actually working my butt off and I'm trying to be and I'm trying to be the best and in my mind I was the best um, to get the best evaluations. I'm not gonna say that I was better than the other person, but I was I should have gotten the best evaluations uh, based on my results. Um, basically, this is gonna happen again. And when I when I went in the Navy, I wanted to do 20 years. I want to I actually wanted to do the career. I believed in the discipline. I believed in serving my country. I I love going out to sea. So, you know, the water and I are kind of like one. So, you know, I really enjoyed it. But but the one thing I couldn't control was my destiny, and I felt like I was handcuffed. And 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 basically, there was always gonna be somebody determining my future. And that's when I decided to get out of the navy. It was actually two years into it. And I went ahead and, and set my goal. My goal was to get out of the Navy with honorable discharge, you know, doing my full year, my full terms, four years. It was also to have saved a little bit of money so I could sustain the transition because that's another thing in the Navy you get used to, or not the Navy alone, but the military, they get you really accustomed to depending on them. You know, the insurance, the, the paycheck, um, they actually drill on you that you're not going to make it outside. Um, they don't actually want you to leave, especially when you're good. Uh, they tell you that you're going to go out and flip burgers and you're going to go out and, you know, not make anything out of it. And then you end up coming back and yada, yada, yada. So I set a goal to where, okay, if I'm going to make this transition, number one, I want to know what I'm going to be doing when I get out of the Navy. Number two, I need to set a goal to where if I get out of the Navy, I crush all these naysayers and I use them as fuel. For in order for me to basically, you know, become successful. Number three, I wanna, you know, I wanna be, I wanna get out with an honorable discharge because I could have gotten out earlier if I did something stupid, uh, like do drugs or fake uh, some suicide attempt or something like that. They'll get you off fairly fast. But I didn't want to do that. I, I needed to grow as a person. I needed to grow mentally, and I, I needed to endure the challenges of being in the in, in the military. And you know, and for somebody else to be making decisions for you and dictating what your future was going to look like. So I did. I stuck it out for four years. But in year number two, I set a goal. I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start looking for my next move. And believe it or not, when I was in the Navy, I used to smoke cigarettes. And I think if you didn't smoke cigarettes in the Navy, you were going to go crazy. But anyways, I used to go smoke cigarettes and drink a lot of coffee. And I would go to the fantail on the ship, the fantail meaning the back of the boat, and just smoke and, and relax and, you know, kind of like enjoy the view or whatever. And that's when I noticed all these oil rigs in the middle of the ocean or, or, the, or the Gulf of Mexico, actually, where we used to go and do a lot of exercises. And I said, man, I wonder 
what kind of money mechanics make out there on those rigs. And that kind of like got my spark and, my, and the interest on me on started doing some due diligence in the oil and gas business. And, you know, when I started realizing that, you know, this guy's a roughneck, a roughneck or a rastabout, which is pretty much entry level in, in, a, in a rig, on a rig, would make seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year working six months, you know, one month on, one month off or whatever. That blew my mind because I was making mini, lower than minimum wage. I was probably making 20000 bucks a year with benefits. Um, and I was working every day. I barely went home. You know, I, I worked overtime. Like you have no idea because I was a mechanic and I was always fixing the engines. And, and it wasn't just me. It was the whole team. Um, so that idea of going from 20 grand a year into going to seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year was like, wow, I can, I can, I can have four times the amount of money that I have today. Number two, I will have more time for myself. Number three, I'll own my freedom. And it's kind of sad to say that, that you will own your freedom, but it's kind of the truth because when you're in the military, you got to do what they say. If they say show up at five, you need to show up at five. It's not at 505. You need to be there at five. If they say, you know, um, you're not eating lunch until three or whatever, you need to go eat lunch at three. So whatever the case might be, you do what they say. So I started planning my exit and and I started, you know, I learned how to write a resume and I had time to help me. So, you know, two years was a long time for me to prepare on putting my resume together, learning, you know, where the jobs were and all of these. So I think it was about 2003 or 2004. I had already put a resume together. I learned, I went on the, on Google and went on the, or Yahoo or whatever on the, on the basic, uh, blogs and i would just put how to make a powerful resume and and they will tell you how to word it they will tell you how to structure it you know what you need to put in there to sell and i started doing it and doing it and doing it and before i knew it man in in about six months i had a smoking blowing resume i mean this thing was just top notch and I think I had a year left before I got out of the Navy, but I was so excited about getting out and, and looking forward to be out there on my own that I started shooting these resumes all over the companies in the oil and gas business in Houston. And they started calling me right away. And the, But the first question was, so, so you're still in the Navy, when are you getting out? And when I would say, I'm about a year away from getting out, they will get turned off. And they say, look, your resume is, uh, is, uh, is, is great. We'll love to interview you, but you're way too far from, you know, from a date to where we can actually prepare and hire you because, you know, we don't know if that position will be available or not. So I quickly understood that I was getting prematurely maybe that resume out there in order for interview uh, to interview. But I knew that the resume was getting the right traction because now I'm starting to get calls and and people, are, they want to interview me. So uh, it was about seven seven months before I got out that I went ahead and did another round of, I'm going to shoot all these resumes. And three, I think it was a month, a month before I actually got out of the Navy. Um, I had about 19 different job offers in the oil and gas business. And I had offers making multiple six figures as a, as a gas turbine mechanic, which is something I really didn't want to do. And I had offers as low as $12 and 45 cents. Uh, and I remember exactly the amounts. And, um, you know, believe it or not, long story short, 
I ended up taking the one for $12.45. And my girlfriend at the time thought I was crazy. She's like, man, you must be stupid. How are you going to go take $12.45 over a hundred grand a year? And, and, you know, basically I really wanted to join a company where I felt comfortable. I, I wanted good, um, you know, vibes. When I, when I went to all these different interviews, I made sure I walked through the shop floor because I wanted to see how people behave, how they look, their body language. And there was this company called FMC Technologies where um, uh, it's now, it's got a different name now because they merged with a different business. But back then, the morale on the shop floor was great. Everybody seemed to be happy. Everybody seemed to be liking each other. You know, everybody, everybody would say hi. And I said, man, this is where I want to be. And it, it, it didn't, at the time, it didn't really matter so much for me about the money because I wasn't making enough anyways, but I wanted to be happy. I knew that if I, if I was going to be out of the Navy, the first thing, the priority for me was to be happy and to be comfortable with what I wanted to be. Um, so the recruiter at the time, uh, I called him and I said, look, man, um, I got all these offers and I really, I like your company. I really like it. And I like that idea of becoming, becoming a subsea service technician is what that position was called. Um, and they were actually going to pay for my training. They were going to pay for my, um, hotel for about six months. So I could go to training and I could work as many hours as I wanted to during the day. So, you know, one thing balanced with the other one, I said, look, man, in the $12.45, I, I don't know about it. I'm not so sure. I got an offer from these other companies making like 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year. Uh, but it was more about being a mechanic than anything else. And I didn't want to continue down that route. So he's like, look, Ricardo, uh, unfortunately, I can't match those guys. But what I can tell you is that the future in the subsea business is much, much brighter than, than it is as a diesel mechanic. So that's on you to really evaluate. You could potentially make X amount when you graduate the program and this and that, but that's, there's no guarantees. And to me, that was a challenge. You know, it was a challenge. It was something that I was like, man, you know, I really want the money, but I really want the freedom and to be happy. And I want to learn something new. And... The day I left the Navy, I got out. Uh, it was, I think it was around May, May 2005. I can't, re I think it's May 9th, 2005, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I hadn't made a decision and, and I'm driving, as I'm driving out from the ship uh, towards, you know, uh, San Antonio, where I was actually stationed down in, Cor in Ingleside, Texas, uh, right by Corpus Christi. Um, my girlfriend at the time, she asked me like, so what are you going to do? What's your plan? And I said, look, I'm going to go join that company, FMC Technologies. I, I really, my gut feeling tells me I need to be there. I, I want to go there. And, she, and she's like, I can't believe you're doing that. That's crazy. That's less money. But it is what it is. It's your decision. And I respect it. So I picked up the phone right away. I called that guy. And I said, look, man, I don't know what it is about you guys, but I'm going to take you up on the offer. When can I start? And he got all excited over the phone. He said, Ricardo. Thank you so much, you know, for 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 taking taking a leap of faith on us. Um, and he started telling me about how great my future was there and all of that. And, and I felt comfortable about the decision. So about a month later, I took about a month vacation. I went to Florida, visited my daughter, visited my mother, my father, all my brothers. And then I just went and got back to, to work. And I, I, that's how I ended up living in Houston, Texas. Because the company was out of Houston, and and long story short, that was a great uh, couple of years that I spent in that particular company. But it was all about goal setting. So you know, I know I started and and kind of like derailed through a whole story on what I did or whatnot. 
but it, it was all because I set some goals and and I wrote them down. I said I want to be out of the Navy by this time with honorable discharge and I want to be able to either, uh, you know, don't burn any bridges so I can return. I want to be able to join a company where I want, I'm going to, I'm going to be happy and I want I'm going to be making better money than I am today. And, you know, I put about a number, like, I think it was like 80 grand was my expectation back then. Um, and that's how I started, you know, raising my thermostat level pretty much on, on financial thermostat. But, um, you know, long story short, it was all because I set some goals. And guys and girls, we have to set goals on a daily basis. What it is that you want to accomplish on a daily basis? Uh, what can you, you know, get going to achieve your dream, your life, your goals? Is it a buying a new house? Is it finding a new job? Is it finding a new spouse or a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Uh, is it having kids? You know, uh, what it is that you want to achieve in life? It all comes down to goals, setting goals, writing them down and set your goals high enough to where even if you fall down short, you achieve 20, 30 percent of it. Um, so I set my goals. I got to where I want to I wanted to get and I was happy about it. So just um, I think it, it, it works for everybody that it's in the goal setting environment or creates a goal setting environment. Review your goals. If you have a spouse, sit down with your spouse and discuss your goals because you want to be on the same, you know, frequency as your spouse is. That way you're not pulling in different directions. And I've seen that happen over and over again. Um, actually, my wife and I, we sit, we sit down every January and we write our goals down, our goals as a couple, so we can vibrate the same way and, and we can stay the course. So setting your goals, reviewing them on a daily basis, uh, reviewing them on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, on a yearly basis is going to get you to where you need to get. My name is Ricardo Rosales. This is the truth behind success. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. Success is not really defined by money. It could be defined by health. It could be defined by freedom. It could be defined by maybe making a certain amount of money. It could be defined by just being happy and, and creating that life that you really want to create. So don't get fixed up on the on the on the bullshit life that a lot of people, athletes and celebrities and Instagram influencers or whatever are displaying out there because that's not, you know, for the most part, they're only showing you a little bit of the tip of the iceberg. They're not really showing you what it took to get there. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of hustle, a lot of failing. You're going to fail over and over and over again. But it's it's a matter of how many times you get up after you fail and you only fail if you quit. If you don't quit, then you didn't fail. You just found a way, a, a way not, on how not to do it. So, um, and don't be afraid of being, to make fa uh, failures, you know, to, to have failures in your life. It's part of life. That's how we grow up. School has taught us that failure is bad. And you know what? Bullshit. I call that bullshit. I'm going to leave it at that for today, guys. The truth behind success, you can go to my podcast, uh, my website, uh, ricardorosales.com or the truthbehindsuccess.com and go get you your dose of podcasts check it out and i hope you enjoy this and grab it and go cross your goals have a great day